I V M. Hi, I'm Utsav, a behavior researcher by training and a slow traveler by passion. Postcards from Nowhere is a travel podcast where I condense a decade of travel experiences and explore not just the where but also the why and how to travel. My stories emerge from slow traveling the less explored parts of the world: Bosnia and Herzegovina, Armenia, Uzbekistan, and even China. At the end of each story, I give practical tips and new ideas about how to travel better. This week, in the sixth episode of India's linguistic heritage, we travel far and wide from the Indian hill states of Himachal Pradesh and Nagaland to the island nation of Indonesia and uncover a fascinating link which connects and shapes the thousands of languages spoken in these regions. In September 1886, Vienna hosted the 7th International Oriental Congress. The congress was conducted in 5 rooms, each representing a major region or a language group. While room 1 and 2 discussed modern and ancient Semitic respectively, room 3 discussed the Aryan languages, while room 4 and 5 discussed African and Central and East Asian languages. Interestingly, there were two notable people in attendance who ended up having a vast influence on Indian languages. The first representing British India was Dr. R.G. Bhandarkar, who is considered the founder of the field of Indology or the academic study of the history, culture and languages of India. The second representing the Royal Asiatic Society was a Mr. Grayson, who was a member of the British Indian Civil Service and a linguist by training. In this conference, he made a rather unusual proposal to conduct a comprehensive survey of the languages of British India. His proposal was first turned down by the government of India. but he persisted and won in 1891 as the colonial government signed off on his proposal he pressed into service thousands of government servants and spent over 30 years in this pursuit in 1928 he came out with what came to be known as the linguistic survey of india it recorded a total of 364 languages and dialects there were multiple criticisms to the survey including glaring omissions like neglecting madras and the then princely states of hyderabad and mysore Almost 6 decades later the 1991 census of India found 1576 mother tongues with separate grammatical structures and 1796 languages classified as other mother tongues surely these extra 2000 odd languages did not suddenly appear in 6 decades but the question we really ought to ask ourselves is which are these 3000 languages and who speaks them surely we have always been a diverse country but how did we manage to evolve so many languages The answer came to me at a rather unlikely place Shimla the capital of the Indian state of Himachal Pradesh within the hill states right now uh, if you could think of the Shimla district itself how many languages do you think people would be speaking just in Shimla district in Shimla district at least there must be 10 to 15 different dialects can you give me an example couple you of names give, you go to Sirmore it will be different you mm-hmm. go into Rampur it will be different you go into kinnor it will be different mm-hmm. you go towards chubal kotkai or you go towards uh, the chupal area it would be absolutely different this is the voice of rajiv sood someone who has spent almost all his life in shimla but what he just said makes no sense the entire shimla district has a population of just about 8 to 10 lakhs so why would there be 10 to 15 dialects but this i am talking about the main basically villages right not the uh, urban towns, areas urban areas 
because urban areas you'd find most people speaking hindi so considering that shimla city alone would account for 20 to 25% of the population which largely speaks hindi today we are left with an even smaller population where 10 to 15 dialects exist but then is it really that surprising considering dialects are mutually intelligible that is people who speak two different dialects can largely understand each other if you went towards kangra you'll find a lot of people speaking kangri mm mm-hmm. in mandi a lot of people would be using the mandi dialect mm-hmm. not that they're very different mm-hmm. but they're not also at the same time very similar okay you might comprehend a few words of kangri and mandi right but then you won't be able to i mean figure out the entire dialect right so you can't have a conversation uh, between two different languages no until unless you personally know both of both of them of course yeah so tomorrow let's say if i put someone who's from a village in kangra hmm. to someone who's from a village in kinnor hmm. they might be able to communicate to a very limited extent no i think kinori and uh, kangri would be absolutely dissimilar oh so they're saying that kangri and mandi and kulluvi might be the same mm-hmm. to a large extent but then lauli and kinori would be absolutely dissimilar so would be the lingo from uh, the sirmor belt surprise surprise it seems that even the multiple dialects within shimla cannot be understood rajiv begins to offer some clue into why that would be the case largely i think it's because you see the there were lots of princely hill states here hmm. all the rajas were different all the dominions were different all hmm. the areas had a separate demarcation hmm. so i don't think there was any intermingling as such mm-hmm. so the languages are remained put in that particular belt only got it and then i think the only intermingling was because of hindi but surely there ought to be more reasons than multiple kingdoms and princely states the second piece of this puzzle reveals itself 2600 kilometers eastwards in the hill state of nagaland the naga hills are home to 16 tribal communities each speaking their own language from angami and au to himchungar and zeliang these 16 languages are not mutually intelligible and what is more the major dialects of each of these languages are not mutually intelligible too this phenomenon goes beyond indian national boundaries even in modern day papua new guinea which 11 million people call home there exists over 1000 languages making it the most linguistically diverse place in the world but if you look closely there is one thing which connects shimla nagaland and papua new guinea the good old mountains the very nature of mountainous living means two things physical barriers to travel and the need for self sufficiency until very recently there was no real need for different tribes or groups to contact each other they could live in isolation comfortably given the endogamous nature of marriage in india it meant that people were born grew up married and died within their community and had very limited exposure to the outside world this ensured that they continued to speak and preserve their languages but there is yet another phenomenon which creates the exact same conditions of having physical barriers to travel and the need for self sufficiency islands indonesia a country which consists of 7000 islands has about 250 languages and dialects all belonging to the same austronesian language family and yet are not mutually intelligible when i set upon the journey of learning about india's languages i had expected social religious political and economic factors to shape language but never had i imagined 
that the very geographies we live in can have a profound influence in shaping the way we speak. In that sense, it is the very essence of travel. You will always find more than you seek. If you like this podcast, don't forget to check out other interesting podcasts on the IVM network. You can listen to us on the IVM podcast app or ivmpodcast.com. You can also follow us on our social media. We are at IVM Podcasts on Twitter and Instagram. If you want to reach out to me, I am Utsav Memory on Twitter and YB Travel 42 on Instagram. 